Welcome to a brand new episode of Deep Thoughts with the Dixons. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of Deep Thoughts with the Dixons. Thank you so much for joining us today. It is, uh, you know, another week on the lockdown. Moving forward, though, it seems like pretty soon they're going to be starting to open stuff up again. I know some places are starting to open up. Um, you know, it's really funny to look at that the whole world shut down when you really look at the data. And even the data is pretty skewed, in my opinion, right? When you really look at the data of what's happened, so many things have gotten mixed together in terms of what's been registered as a COVID-19 uh, person that's came down with that or a death, right? And if well, you look- not just that. It's kind of been skewed all over the place. First of all, St. Louis is opening up May 18th, I believe, most of it. Mm-hmm. I think they're still putting a little halt on like uh, makeup artists and nail salons and all that. But um, Which is terrible because... I need to get my nails did uh, real it bad. It is. I do too. Um, so, but a couple weeks ago, some states already started opening, okay, not caring about it. And then we find conflicting, we were watching an interview of Elon Musk and Joe Rogan. Yeah, right? there's a, the newest podcast, the newest Joe Rogan podcast from last week where they inter- interview Elon. They really talk about some great stuff in there. Yeah. And so like when he, I've read this several times, I have heard this several times, um, and I I'm not saying that I, I believe one way or another. Do I do I not believe it? Like, do I write it off? No, absolutely not. I definitely think about it. But he's been saying that people who are, you know, going into hospitals, doctors are instructed to just put COVID for everything, even if they died of another cause or there could have been another cause. Well, this is a fact. Like, public health officials have came out. Even the CDC had made recommendations that if you have a symptom of COVID, yeah. mark it as a COVID-19 patient or if, if the person passes away, like eat, it, it's it's to such an extreme from my understanding and research of it that yeah. literally somebody could have COVID-like symptoms or have come in contact with somebody who was COVID-19 positive and then gotten hit by a bus and the doctors could write down it's a COVID-19 death. Yeah. So like the, the data, in the first place, the data skewed and completely overinflated because there's so many people coming in that probably don't have it, that haven't even tested positive for it, but are being marked down as that. And when you really look at the back end of it too... The testing is off too. Well, the testing, yeah, there's testing is off. And in addition to that, what's interesting is that hospitals are getting in financially incentivized for marking covid so for example um, when i was reading the reports about this like if you had somebody that was a pneumonia patient and normally that would get you like eight thousand dollars from the government or whatever Mm -hmm. right if you mark them as a covid19 patient that takes that eight thousand and puts them up to thirteen thousand that you'd receive and if you become COVID-19 on a ventilator, you, the hospital gets $39,000. So there's like financial incentives for them to even mark them as a COVID patient, even if they're not, right? So it's like just it's just this really, really big skewing of the data and it needs to be parsed out, right? Like it needs so we can understand it better because that means there's so many people now that have gone in that have been marked as a COVID-19 patient or COVID-19 on their death certificate where that may have had nothing to do with it, or they may have not even had it in the first place. They just had COVID-like symptoms, and all of a sudden the data is artificially inflated. Yeah. Aside from all the issues with misrepresenting of how somebody died, there's also issues with how they're testing you for COVID. It's like a gene thing that they're looking for. It's not even a real test that actually tells you if you have COVID. So I read some research around the inventor of this testing that they're using that actually invented the tests. And they were like, this is not the right test that should be used because you're not testing for a specific illness. You're testing for a piece of genetic uh, makeup that's existing in, in every human being. And like, it's not the right kind of testing to be trying to measure this. So they're like, it makes no sense that we're using this. So um, you know, I'm not an expert in that space by any means, but I just thought it was fascinating that I was reading that the inventor of the test that they're using is like, this is not the right one to use. Yeah. You know, so there's a lot of people that are coming down with this, and they, it, it can literally just be a, a variety of different things, and not COVID-19. But you know, if if the symptoms are there, they test positive on this particular test that's being used, it gets marked that way. But another thing I thought was fascinating when I was watching this uh, this Joe Rogan Elon Musk interview the other day is. Elon was like, we have 7,000 employees for Tesla in China, and none of them got sick, and none of them passed away. All 7,000 are still working for us, and they work all throughout China. 
Um, and so he's like, you know, we, we were told one thing and it was spreading really quick, but he goes, that's a lot of people over there. And, you know, obviously China's massive and 7,000 is nothing compared to the billions of people that they have there. But he, he was very much looking at it like, you know, you don't, you can't trust this data whatsoever. It's, it's not accurate. It's completely skewed. But um, anyway, that's something that I thought was kind of fascinating, but hopefully it looks like things are going to start to open up here soon. I'm sure there's still a big psychological effect on people that are going to be staying home and not wanting to go out under the fear of, you know, we don't want to continue to catch it or there could potentially be a relapse or things of that nature. But yeah, we'll end up seeing, I know that some of the larger technology companies like Amazon, Google, Facebook, they've all came out and said that their employees can choose if they want to come back or not. And they're saying you guys can work from home until the end of the year. So all the way through the remainder of 2020, they're saying, if you don't want to come back in, don't We're, You're totally fine working from home, which is a big statement. You know, that is a big statement. Um, I just think the whole work thing in general too is just, I keep reading things on LinkedIn about it, how these major corporations have spent so much money trying to, you know, transition from workers to in home. Mm-hmm. And so now they don't want to, they kind of don't want to be like, oh, we just spent all that money for no reason. Yeah. So they're thinking about extending these stay-at-home things for their company or their employees to to now work from home. Or they're thinking of like implementing a new policy all in general, like allowing some people to work from home, like yeah. you just mentioned. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I also feel as though haven't, aside from working moms who uh, don't like to be home with their toddlers all day because they can't get anything done, hasn't like anybody else listening to this podcast like don't you like it more like working from home my efficiency's gone through the roof like i'm so focused i'm not distracted i don't have like worthless meetings that i have to be in that are like i mean we don't have a lot of meetings in the first place we have a lot of autonomy with what we do but at the same time i feel like you get called excuse me i get called into meetings that are like oh you need to to meet meet this person you need to connect with this person and, you know, it's great to make a connection. I love, you know, developing that network and everything. But I would say nine times out of ten, it really really never goes. It never leads to anything, right? And it, and, and it takes time to drive there and meet there. But since this is all happening, you, people can't meet in person. It kind of eliminates these time-burning coffee meetings that usually don't really turn. Nothing comes to fruition out of them. So that's something I find very interesting. But I mean, personally, I think there's going to be a huge shift moving forward because you got to think about two components of this, especially for the bigger companies, the ones that didn't have a remote workforce or environment that was set up already. They just invested a bunch of money in the infrastructure to make sure that happened well and transitioned well with their employees. Now they've got all their employees working from home. Mm -hmm. They're using all these remote tools that they may have not been using at all or to the same degree before. And now if they want all their people to come back to work they have to start abiding by the social distancing guidelines to meet certain regulatory requirements for some of these bigger companies and so that's another huge investment they have to make to place people that far apart from each other and the other repercussions that they have to invest into um, in terms of the types of uh, framework for how you're working in an office setting again and you know, it's going to be interesting to see because I think we're going to see more and more companies that are going to say, you know, we already made this big investment. Uh, let's let's just and we already made this big change with everybody. Like, exactly. you know, you don't want to like switch that around. I just think it's smarter. You don't have to have a car if you don't want a car. You don't have to pay car insurance. You don't have to pay gas. You don't have to spend money on clothes to go to work. Like, yeah. The whole thing to me is just. I don't know. I think, I think it, I, the, I think the future is definitely a, a more autonomous remote workforce for sure. I even think this is going to um, impact schools. In the sense that there are a lot of schools saying, hey, let's just do online classes from here on out. We actually do better. But then parents are like, we're not going to pay X amount of money tuition to, you know, have our kid be homeschooled through a computer. But then you have universities like Harvard coming out, having their like top notch professors trying to get um, our government to instill um, laws around making homeschooling illegal because that means that these schools, these bigger schools won't make any money. Yeah, that's a good point. Because a lot of parents, there are a lot of parents out there like, huh, basically our the schools are like childcare. For people that have the, the luxury and are fortunate enough to be able to get homeschooled, I just remember myself growing up that everyone that I knew that was homeschooled that like played on my sporting teams or things like that were like way smarter, faster than everybody else. Like I felt like the way that they learned maybe it was just their particular homeschool teachers or family members that were doing it for them. But I feel like they 
learned skills from an educational perspective at a tremendously accelerated rate from what we were taught in regular school. And they would like straight up skip grades altogether because they like learned exactly what they needed. They implemented it. Um, that's I'm sure it's probably different for every person, but at least the, the friends that I had that were homeschooled would, were like way more advanced educationally than the people that were going to regular school. The only negativity that I heard around homeschooling was that those kids were like socially inept. And so, yeah, I don't know I how agree. true that is. So I think it, if some it, there's some kids that I knew that were some slightly socially inept were the ones that weren't involved in any other activities, right? But like the friends that I had that were homeschooled, they still were at on baseball teams or sporting teams, right? So they still had the social component of what they did. Okay. It's just during the day when they were in school, they were being you'll you know they they were fine is what I'm trying to say. Uh-huh. But I do know other people that were homeschooled and then weren't placed in those types of more acti- like social activities when they were growing up at a younger age when you're developing a lot of those skills. Yeah. That did seem a little more distant and isolated. See that that's what I what I think of. And I and I think when you have a society that's kind of split or not split, you know, you've got like the handful of homeschooled and then you've got everybody else going out to school, then you kind of grow up being the oddball. And yeah. I do think that that affects a child and I think that affects and that like those effects run into your adolescence and as an adult but if everybody's being homeschooled then who cares mm-hmm. have public or have schools for like sporting events and things like that to organize that yeah but for education be home yeah. I even think now looking back I think 18 years old to send a kid off to college for four years to be on their own and to figure out what they want to do with life I think an 18 year old is too young I think college in general is not about for, for most people it's not about education as much as it is like just the social component, right? I agree with you. Yeah. But then like where's your – I mean is that what parents are paying for? Yeah. Well, it, now as an adult, they, that's what they I'm thinking. They actually are. That's but what they had. As an adult now, thing. I think about that. Like what am I – I'm paying for your social skills. Like I should have instilled those like years ago. Yeah. Like you don't need them now. Mm-hmm. Like you should have your social skills together by 18. Sure. Um, and I also don't think that most 18-year-olds know what they want to do. So you go to college and you kind of do what everybody else is doing. It's, it's a herd mentality. If everybody starts homeschooling, guess what? That's going to be the next thing to do. Yeah, and no one's sure. going to question anything else for other than sure. that. Um, what else, guys? We don't know. So you know what's been pushed through the news a lot this week? I what? was actually just talking about this with my parents earlier today. Is uh, this, what's being tagged is this conspiracy documentary pandemic oh, that's yeah. gone out. I've seen Forbes write three or four articles just in the last three or four days talking about how this video needs to be banned and this and that and all these things and it's fake and it's this and that and i have friends it, not much more than just forbes and i'm not trying to take an opinion on the video at all i'm just saying what i see why not <laughs> well no, I'll, I'll take an opinion after we talk about it first so basically the if anybody hasn't seen the clip it's part of a larger documentary coming out but they interviewed this woman that is allegedly a uh, vaccine specialist from like a long time ago, I think she first started getting into the space when the right before like the AIDS epidemic started happening, from my understanding and my reading on it, and uh, claimed basically that the vaccine industry is just terrible, and they were doing all sorts of stuff where they were passing like testing vaccines and passing stuff through the brain tissue of different animals, and then it was passing on to humans, and ten and twenty years later, it was causing severe effects with in the human body. And when she started learning about this and exposing that they were doing all these things and they knew about it and they like knew about these effects that they really came after her and they kind of like just made her seem like an outcast in the community and they kind of took her out financially. And at one point she claims that they even came and arrested her and put her in jail for five days on no, no charges like whatsoever and then just let her go. And from her backstory, at least from my, I, I, whenever I see stuff like this, I like to look at things very objectively and then research it both ways. But what I find interesting is I research into the backstory and a lot of what her backstory that she claims from my research is accurate. Um, and she's coming out basically speaking against that the world's going to be forced this vaccine upon them for all this COVID stuff and saying that this is not what you think it is. It could potentially be very harmful for people. So just be careful. You know, I don't, I don't recommend it. And um, as I was going through and looking at it, what I find fascinating is that this video came out, obviously, and all these platforms are like trying their very hardest to get it offline and censor it under the thing that it's fake news. It's 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 against the official narrative of the CDC and the World Health Organization. 
um, you know, organizations that have now been proven that China was paying them off, like all, all this crazy stuff. And like, if it's that big of a deal and you don't care, why are you trying so hard to remove it? Why is every platform, and now we've got all these mainstream media articles, Forbes and all these other things coming out saying, don't watch it. It's terrible. It's false. Don't, it's false information. Turn it off. If you see it, delete it. Don't share it. Like, why is that? Why is it such a big deal that people are watching this and developing an opinion about it, whether it's authentic or not? Why, like, look at the censorship. Look at the violation of our civil liberties that are happening right now because of this current pandemic situation. Like, there's more times than I can count that the Constitution's been violated over the last couple months oh, for, yeah. our, for our rights in the United Wait, States. Wait, hold on a second. The Constitution's violated every single day in this country, okay? And I think your background and your demographics has a lot to do with it in your upbringing well, of what happens. 100%. I agree um, with that. Let's not, I'm not even going to get into that, but I agree with you. I do think wherever there's this loud noise, it sh- you should question that. Mm-hmm. But I was very surprised, not naming names, to see some people that I know be very vocal about this on Facebook. Yeah, a lot of people and got they, very upset and about they, it. And they be- the reason they got upset is because they they think that this lady's a like a hoax. Mm-hmm. Just off of that little tiny trailer okay they're like oh my gosh like this is she's just pissed because she can't make money and she's been blacklisted in the community so now she's trying to sell books so she wants to get this documentary and say xyz anything to get attention anything to make a dollar my point is those people that run so far that way you cannot have a conversation or a or an intelligent debate with those people like i feel like i'm pretty I have my it, opinions, well, there's, there's no, but I have my, you can have a conversation with me. Like I can be, we can debate about something, but the people who are so like pro government and like pro, you know, politics and, and pro whatever these like stimulus packages, I don't even know what you call these people, but, um, you can't reason, reason with them. Nah. You can't stand in front of them with a different opinion. And that's what I think bothers me about it is because they're the, the just... The best way that I put it, I think I may have told you this earlier, the best way that I put it is from this quote in The Matrix and Morpheus is talking to Neo right when he is like teaching him about yeah. The Matrix at the very beginning. And he's like, some people are so... I'm, I'm going to get the wording off a little bit, but he's like, some people are so addicted to the system that they will fight to protect it. Right, like they're the system and its values is so ingrained in people that for them to even question that there may be something shady going on behind closed doors, in a sense, or an ulterior motive for mm-hmm. these people that they think that they have their trust in, mm-hmm. it, it like pushes against their internal status quo so much that they fight to protect it, which is so interesting because I've really noticed that I've talked come to, out a lot in the yeah, last couple weeks, and I've talked to several friends who are more. Um, what are we like liberal? No, what are, I don't even know what we are. I don't really identify with any of that stuff. I just no, don't... I don't mean liberal as in like uh, politics. I mean like more in just our viewpoint of the world. Oh, okay. Like yeah. what would that? I don't know. Whatever. Oh, we're, I we're, call it objective. Yeah, we're we're more <laughs> relaxed about things, but and we also tend to go for things. We just question everything that the government does. Let's just put it that way. Okay? Well, I question everything. Like I, um, I've, but I that's think, where I'm getting. Like I feel as though. We even question our questions sometimes. Well, we, I think, and I think that's healthy. <laughs> you know, I think like, you have to, like, I question things I read. I question things I watch. I question yeah. things we're taught. Like, yeah. And it, 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 it accelerates more when I see things happening that are happening right now because I don't think anybody can look at what's happening right now and ha- with healthy mental health and say, why is it that all these major tech platforms are banning information? Yeah. Why are they s- violating our civil rights and censoring freedom of speech and information that's coming out? Like, what what's going on? Do yeah. I do I have theories around why I think this is happening that are mine? But at the same time, you can't see this happening and not say, "Huh, they're just looking out for us." That's complete bullshit, in my opinion. You have to look at it objectively and say, "Why is it that they're trying to control the narrative this much?" Yeah, you know. And I heard a really interesting quote the other day, and I think when you really look at the data points of what's been happening and what is currently happening, and this person said, if you want to see, he's like, he's like, I've been saying this for 30 years now. He's like, if you want to see 
what the West looks like tomorrow. And by the West, he means like the United States, you know, North America or the okay. world. If you want to see what the West looks like tomorrow, pay attention to how China looks today. And I thought about that for a second. And I was like, okay, I've been to China. You, you go to China. Let me, let me walk people through this to understand, right? You go to China. They are completely controlled, right? They're under surveillance at all times. Like I land in China, my passport gets swiped. You swipe your fingerprints when you get. Weren't you told to like go off like your computer or something? Like your well, uh... people that have been there before said, yeah. don't use your regular computer. Bring a different one, yeah. or or use like a, a VPN network and mm-hmm. take certain apps off your phone. So these are people that did business in China. But anyway, like you get there, you swipe your passport immediately. You're getting a digital footprint now in yeah. their country and your fa- your face is scanned and then basically you are now tracked everywhere you go like you don't walk anywhere anywhere in China for the most part where you're not caught on a video camera or tracked through what you're doing right and you're completely and totally surveilled and this current situation this pandemic that has played out has opened the opportunity for the western world to implement enhanced levels of surveillance. Like, don't get me wrong. For people that aren't aware, for 20 years probably now, every phone call, text message, social media message, email, everything on you is tracked. Mm-hmm. And the government's actually came out and they've been pro- it's been proven, right? Been proven. It's a huge dragnet operation. Yeah. And... So we're already being tracked in that regard, but the video surveillance is becoming increasing. Like, and there's, I mean, don't get me wrong, you can satellite anybody from around the world, but in terms of like people feeling that they're being surveilled, most people don't think about it as much, right? But when this pandemic happens and they're saying, oh, we've got to do contact tracing and all these different things that require enhanced levels of surveillance and complete privacy breaches that are much more out in the open that people realize are happening. Yeah. And then for people to say, oh, yeah, we got to do that. It makes so much sense right now. Like that's that, that's what we should be doing. Right. It's like this. There, this narrative has been painted that changes people's perception to say that, oh, they're helping us. The government's going to be helping us, dude. Wait, these big tech companies that own all of our data, they're actually helping us by invading our privacy. And it's like, whoa, whoa, let's take a step back there for a second, right? It's shifted the perception, but the the quote rings true. If you look at what's happened in China today, or, uh, you know, today, that's what's going to happen tomorrow. And that quote hit me, and I started thinking about it, and I was like, wow. Because right now what's happening Weird. And who was the number one place that said they handled this so well? This virus breakout. Yeah. Wuhan. Uh-huh. They're saying they were able. They had so much control. They were able to shut stuff down. Yeah. That was the narrative painted in the media. I know. So now David Ike talks about a lot of this stuff too, yeah. and I think he does a very good job. At if people can just get past the um, kind of like. I don't know what, what word I'm trying to use here. We get past like the stereotype of him or like whatever, or like how he's he's banned everywhere too and whatnot. Yeah. If you could just sit there for a second and really listen and hear what he has to say, he makes some very valid points and connects some very intelligent dots. But back to your other point, I was having like a little argument with a friend not too long ago, and I said, you don't understand. CNN lies. CNN literally got caught putting up the wrong video. <laughs> this person's response was... And then they admitted it. The, they came out they, and they said, like, oh, they, our bad. Yeah. And, then the, and I was like, when they got caught, they like didn't have any choice but to admit it. And then that person goes, he goes well, yeah, technical difficulties happen all the time. It's just a news <laughs> station. I'm like, oh my gosh. That's, like, that's not a technical difficulty. That's a te- it's, yeah, it's a technical difficulty because they got caught. Yeah. Okay? And so you're right. They just do anything and everything that they can to like protect it and to just like fight for it because they just fall for that narrative. Like they're doing it for us. The other one I really love is, and sorry if I offend anybody, um, is vaccines. Well, Nina, if you're anti-vaccine and you don't get a vaccine, then you're putting everybody else at risk. And I'm like, hmm. But if you're getting vaccines and I'm not, who's really at risk? You or me? Me, right? <laughs> exactly. Not you. So what are you talking about when you say that to yeah, me? You know, you're allegedly protected. Like now they hate me and they're like, well, they, you're just putting everybody else at risk and everyone else's health. And I'm like, no, I'm just putting my own because if you love vaccines and you're pro-vaccine, you're getting vaccinated. Yeah. I'm choosing not to, so I'm going out into the you know, the tundra. <laughs> so, but like, that's what they try to do. And a lot of women, actually moms and parents this past year have gone to jail because 
uh, in some states, it's illegal to not have your kid vaccinated. Which, so, that, so let's talk about this for a second. That's another conversation. So a lot of people probably aren't aware of this. And for a long time, I wasn't aware of it. And I've done a little more research around it lately as all this stuff has been happening. But there is a specialized court system that exists in the United States if you want to try to sue for a vaccine issue, right? Like say, for example, you take a vaccine and or your family member does and it kills them or it like paralyzes them or something terrible happens, right? Mm-hmm. You cannot actually sue the, comp- the manufacturers that made it. You can't sue the doctor that prescribed it or administered it. You get push to this arbiter, which is a, you know, for all intents and purposes, it's a secret court system that exists, right? It's not like a regular personal injury or medical malpractice claim. So you have to go to this specialized court. It's called the vaccine court system. There's like a special name for it. I forget. And they pay out billions and billions of dollars in claims um, to basically, per- and then they never talk about it. It's never talked about in the media. It ba- they basically cover the information. They settle up. everything. They settle everything. You have no rights. And when you really start to look into this, you're like, why is that? Especially with this prevalent, and don't get me wrong, I think that there's, like I'm not trying to make the position that vaccines don't potentially heal something, right? Like I don't have enough expertise in that area to right. say that. Um, but what I am saying is, that there is definitely a court system that handles this, that you have no rights against these people, except like you, you file a claim, you got to go to this specialized court system and you're probably going to get paid off. You can't talk about it. You can't, you're not supposed to like the media never talks about it. Right. No, I've never, I didn't even know that. There is. Yeah. And so it's pretty outrageous um, when you really look at it because you're saying, Oh, this could potentially kill somebody that I love and care about. This could potentially have some terrible side effects with whatever this particular, you know, I'm not talking about any specific vaccine. I'm just talking about in general. And you really don't have the same rights that you would in a normal. See that right there is shady. And so why is that? That, My question is, why is that necessary? And then you start looking around the world at some of the manufacturers of these things and the death toll that all this testing is done once they reach the human trials and they'll go to like, you know, there's, you were just telling me the other day, India's suing Bill Gates, the yeah. Melinda, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation left and right for all these people that have been killed through the vaccines that have been created through that uh, organization and, or people that have gotten seriously injured. And it's just, to me, it, it's like another one of those things that's like, okay, why is this? Why do you have to have its own specialized court system that provides complete indemnification of all parties involved that should have been more knowledgeable and tested before they started implementing certain things right they're just completely protected like what is is there an agenda there i don't know but it would seem like there's something going on if they've taken the links that they have and the the vaccines have been being pushed for quite some time and for all sorts of different things right i mean look at the influenza vaccine that's that the flu shot gets pushed every single year i've never i'd never get a flu shot personally and I think in the last 10 years, I may have gotten the flu one time. And surprisingly, most people I know that get the flu shot, they get the flu. Um, so I uh, I don't know. I think it's a really odd industry and thing to think about that, you know, you've got all these weird things going on behind the scenes or they're hidden or they're covered up and you don't get the same rights. And it's just another thing that's like... You no know, question that. Why yeah. is that? Because I just, we're, I, I think we're about to see a huge push on people around the world that they're going to say, you've got to get vaccinated for this, this COVID-19. You absolutely have to, or you're putting other people at risk. Like you just said. Yeah. And that argument doesn't work. Argument I doesn't, just, I just poked water. a fat hole in it. Like yeah. for anybody who's like maybe wondering what I just said, guys, if someone's yeah. saying to me, like I'm, I'm against vaccine vaccines and some close friends of mine, I was like, Nina, that's so selfish of you because if you don't get vaccinated, that means you're putting everybody else's health on danger. And what I'm trying to say is, no, I'm not because everybody else is getting vaccinated. Aren't you? Right? You're mad at me for not going. But 90% of the public is going, including yourselves who are so pro-vaccine. So how is how am I putting you at danger? You're vaccinated against this thing, supposedly. I'm the one who's in danger. 
And this just, it doesn't make sense to me. And I just don't understand it. And I don't think that parents should go to jail for this. We're not vaccinating the kids. I think it's our personal bodies. There's just so much yeah. with this well, conversation. I think one of the really creepy things I saw recently was, so. What if someone comes to you tomorrow in 10 years, all the people who don't have kids right now, you all start having kids in 10 years. And you've got some like Elon Musk type little tech billionaire coming in and saying, we're going to chip everybody with a Tesla microchip when they're like. <laughs> nanoseconds old and they come out of like the womb right and yeah. it's a freaking t- tracking device what are you gonna do yeah. do you not question where all this is headed do you not question how they're trying to slowly program you into thinking this is okay bring up the point about you and i were talking earlier this week about how he's working on something and then you said the problem with his thing is that means you could put it in someone's consciousness in their brain and you can now control the information. So uh, although it's great okay, so yeah, this is a really for a brain dead person. This is an interesting point. So, and before we jump on that, I'm going to say one of the creepier things I've seen from a vaccine perspective recently is that Bill Gates in an interview came out and said, I don't think the world is going to be safe until every <laughs> single person is vaccinated. I want to know how many vaccines he's gotten. I don't, I mean, that was, that statement to me was like, whoa, what is going on here? That's that's an odd thing to say. Um, so, okay, yeah, we were talking about like these advancements in artificial intelligence, yeah. right? And when you're when you think about it, like so much of what we do on a daily basis is is connected with AI, right? Our phones and, and all these apps we use and software programs and things, there's a lot of artificial intelligence built in. It's moving at such an accelerated rate. Well, we were talking about the like this end game goal of um, how AI is going to be so integrated with our lives, right? Yeah. And it's these slow steps that it takes. It started off and it's like, okay, there's basic artificial intelligence that was happening a while ago. Mm-hmm. Then it's happening on our desktop computers. Now it's on our mobile devices. Then we become, then we start to wear it, right? Mm-hmm. We're wearing devices that have advanced algorithms that are processing all this data and providing insights and information. Things like Google Glass or your Apple Watch, right? So we now, in a sense, have become more bionic and like, and like a cyborg almost because yeah. we have our phones on us and our watches and those yeah. leverage artificial intelligence in so many different ways. Well, the next step of that, and it's coming a lot sooner than I think people realize, is integrating some type of device into your body. So mm-hmm. it's not going to be something you wear. It's legitimately going to be a chip that goes inside of you that connects with your, with your somehow connects with you, right? Mm-hmm. And um, Elon is an example. He is terrified of artificial intelligence, right? Like he's, he's publicly spoken about this for years. Yeah. However, he he claims he's like I think that it's going to advance so fast and it's going to be so much more advanced than humans are that if you don't figure out a way to integrate it with yourself, you're going to be passed up so much that you're not even going to be relevant in society, right? And so he had created this company called Neuralink with the goal of connecting artificial intelligence to the human brain. Mm-hmm. And when he was talking about it the other day in this interview I saw with him, he was saying, you know, Eventually, everyone's going to have this, or anybody that chooses to is going to have it, right? And he goes, like the good point that he made was, what if there's somebody who has a traumatic spinal injury thing Mm -hmm. or brain damage, right? Mm -hmm. And we can implement one of these chips that gives them all or the majority of their motor function back Mm -hmm. through this, through a computer chip or AI, or gives them their brain function back, right? Mm -hmm. So that, you know, that would be great for people that need that type of thing. That makes sense. But what I thought was really odd is when they were talking about it more and saying, eventually everybody's going to adopt this technology or you won't be relevant, right? Mm-hmm. And he was claiming there's the potential for us to have AI in our brains, like through some type of chip implant that would re- allow us to not even have to talk to each other mm-hmm. in five to six years. Like that is a very short timeline, right? Wow. And so he goes, that's the rate at which it's moving. And we would basically just be sending data back and forth and we wouldn't actually have to vocalize what our thoughts are. Right. Um, where I thought it gets really shady, in my opinion, is look at what's happening. Well, before I get into that, when that occurs, when you get this plant, it's going to happen from a technology perspective. You're forever going to be connected to the internet, right? Like you're going to be tracked and you're also going to have access to information by thought, Right, and you're going to be able to think L- about things. limited act. 
Limited access. Well, yeah, so that's where we're going. So if you look right now, what's happening with YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and all the, and Google, all these platforms that are now censoring information left and right. Like even before this pandemic happened, we don't get access to all the information no. that exists, right? You get very different information when you're in India. You yep. get very different. Our news channels when you're in are Korea. censored. Our cell phones, our Google, Google censored. Everything that we, you think you're doing your research, it's censored. Yeah, there's a lot of information you're not getting access to unless you know the right places to look. Right. That you, because there's a control of information, mm-hmm. and that's intentional in my opinion. But if you think about, like, right now what's happening, they're removing videos that don't align with the official narrative. They're removing, removing blogs and documentaries and all these different things. Even comments from people like us. If you are just a normal person on Facebook and you, like, write something, in a certain, like, it's going to get tracked and it's going to get yeah. deleted. And a lot of what's happening there is it's under the guise of our, we've programmed our artificial intelligence to scan through and recognize certain things said in videos, certain keywords written, all these things. And if it's something that we, as a large multinational technology company, thinks goes against our quote-unquote community guidelines mm-hmm. because, in this scenario, it doesn't align with the CDC or the World Health Organization mm-hmm. or a few others, then we are going to ban your account and or remove your videos and basically censor mm-hmm. your content, right? So that's happening as we speak. and It's already been happening. Mm-hmm. So... Think about this. Think five years into the future, if this timeline is accurate, people are starting to get these implants. They're constantly connected to the internet, right? You're calling for information when you want to search for something. You're only going to be shown what these technology companies and governmental entities want you to mm-hmm. be shown. Right now, we have the we have the opportunity to search something and question it or get look at information and read it and process it and then go somewhere else to look at something else. If and when we are, it's in our brains, the, the chip, we won't have the luxury of unchipping ourselves and going somewhere else to get the information. That's the freaky part. So yeah, so think about that. Think about a future where if it's already happening right now, I guarantee you it's going to continue to accelerating very quickly so that whenever you get information, it's only what these companies and government dental entities want you to get. So what does that do? It basically removes the opportunity for you to develop an opinion on your own if you can't even access alternative information that may be correct in the first place, right? And that is a level of control that I think is insane, but that's what's happening. That's the direction that we're heading in. And what happens is when that's implanted into your body, it completely changes your perception and it's going to program people to basically be completely like obedient. Yeah. Obedient on the, and they're going to, they're not even going to, they'll reach a point where they don't even question. There's going to be a big group. Probably the majority of people won't even question it mm-hmm. because they're going to research it and say, Oh, this is what comes up. This is what the answer is mm-hmm. without even trying to fact check stuff yeah. because you won't even have the same ability to do so. So that's something that was, I was watching them talk about, you know, them getting to a point of implementing AI to connect with the human brain. It, it's like, whoa, that's where I think it's kind of creepy because it's like, you don't want to have your decisions made for you. You want to gather the data and make your own decision. And something else I think that's probably going to happen when we reach that point is people are going to become so reliant on the information that they're being fed that they're start they're going to start losing their innate ability for the metaphysical components that the human body has. Humans, they're, gonna, they're not going to leverage their intuition anymore. They're only going to be thinking with their head. What makes right? a human different than an animal? We're not, it's not instinct. We go based off, we have a conscious. Emotions. Right? Yeah. We can think and we can rationalize things and we can be analytical. Um, we can also overthink. <laughs> but um, that's what we can do. And I think that, that you're right. With that technology and things going that way, it's going to be phased out. And I think that this intuition and our consciousness and the things that connect us to a world outside of here that we naturally have has become dormant over the last several thousands and thousands of years right and now it's going to become extinct in the future and i don't think that it's to our benefit i think that the closer we stay to our real natural state would be more beneficial for our body and our makeup now, scientists and tech technocrats will probably say yeah but eventually the human will adapt you know, like thousands and thousands of years from then, they're probably going to be born with chips. Mm-hmm. Like everything, like everything in the universe 
morphs and adapts over time sure. or evolves. Okay, I agree with that and I understand that, but why? Mm-hmm. You're meddling with nature again. Well, I think there's it's been pretty well shown over history that nature usually always wins out. I think it always wins at the end of the day. At a cost though. At a cost, you're right. At a very at, it's a very it's a big price to pay for an entire race, I think. Mm-hmm. Um and if I were president or whatever, if I was like ruling the world, I would president not let, Nina, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't let that happen. First woman of the house. Oh, no, I wouldn't let that happen. I just don't think that it's, I don't think it's natural and I don't think it's fair. Um, and it's kind of scary to think like, whoa, two ways. If you have a family and you have kids, that that could be the future. And then second, if you were to die and come back to earth, that could be a reality for you. Yeah. I mean, literally there, there's people that are trying to test out like downloading your conscience that's been happening for a while, yeah. You know, like in, in, in implanting it into a computer. So into a robot, like, yeah. Yeah, so this is like things that are trying to be tested on, you know, as we speak. So thinking about that's going to happen in the future, it's pretty crazy. You know, what else is crazy is though, while we were ta- I don't know if you guys remember last week I was talking about the book Becoming Supernatural mm-hmm. and the little project that they did or the experiment which they had the baby chickens and they had a robot that wasn't programmed to do anything particular but to zap around. But because the baby chickens let out an energy thought with an elevated emotion of we want to be with our mom because oh, yeah, they thought right. it, the robot kind of just went to them. So right there, you're right. Nature won, mm-hmm. not that piece of technology, right? Like that piece of technology kind of gravitated towards wherever those chickens were giving like that little vibe from. Yeah, that's fascinating. But then if there's nobody here left on earth who can give a conscious <laughs> elevated emotional thought plus vibration and energy we're all just going to be dormant robots running around. Yeah. I, what I think is going to be fascinating is whenever, like, country's back at full steam, you know? Yeah. Like, how long it will take before people adapt and feel comfortable being out again. Or if it's going to be a completely new normal. I, I have a feeling it's not going to be the same. I actually have something funny that happened yesterday. So I was in Whole Foods yesterday. Mm-hmm. This reminded me of we've created a new normal, right? Mm-hmm. I'm in Whole Foods uh a couple, an older couple walks in front of me. They enter the store and they're walking to the produce section. And one of the people that works at Whole Foods, he's wearing a mask. And like right as they're turning the corner and I'm turning the corner to go to the produce section, he just, he's like stocking fruit and he just goes, ah, chew! And like, and sneezes like so loud. Like it rang through the store. And the older woman and the man, like the husband and wife, they're like, Oh my God. (laughs) And they like immediately turn around and then like go over to the side of the store and waited there for like five minutes. And then they come back in and started like shopping to like, like, you know, trying to get away if if that sneeze spreads something. And I was like, this is it. This is like, this is where we're at now. Yeah. um, Because of everything that's happened and like the psychological impact on people is, is it's going to obviously change things for sure. So when everything's at full steam, it's going to be interesting, I think, to see w- if people ever become back to normal or like and they feel that comfortable or if like there's this completely new normal where people are out and about. But, you know, there's still that hesitancy about, you know, how close you get with somebody. I mean, I think it's probably going to last for a while. And if you have more and more companies mm-hmm. like these big tech companies that are saying work from home, like work from home for the rest of 2020, we're only a couple months in, you know? We're not even halfway through the year yet. That's another six, seven months, yeah. eight, eight months of working from home. So they're creating now a new normal by further separating people, right, from like society and being in these normal environments. And that's going to create a completely new normal, I think. Yeah. And I'm not saying all that's bad by any means. You know, I'm just kind of objectively trying to state from what I've seen. Well, do you think do you think a handshake is gonna stay? I don't know. I think I like how they do it in India better anyway, with a cross of the hands and a namaste. (laughs) It's much cleaner, you know. I don't know, man. I don't know. At the same time, you got to think too, like from an immunity perspective. You know, staying away from each other all the time is gonna innately lower your immune system. Yeah, this is true too. You know. Because the reason our, your immune system fires on all cylinders is because you're out and about and you're touching different things and you're meeting, you know, doing all these things out in this environment where there's a lot of people moving around. And when you remove that, your your immune system will eventually adapt after a long period of time. And then probably when you go back out into environment, you'll be more susceptible to catching something, I would think. I don't know. 
again, my mind just goes to like, is there a virus? <laughs> like, what's really <laughs> happening? Uh, are these death toll numbers really real? Are they fudge numbers? You know, what I don't understand. That's, I this is, like, another... is social distancing even working? We don't even know. This is yeah, this is true. Um, another piece of information that came out I find interesting this week is that okay, so what we've been told over the course of the, this time we've been on lockdown is that the healthcare system is so overwhelmed. You can't like nothing can like there's so many people flooding the hospitals from all this stuff that, you know, they, they're just they don't even have the infrastructure to support it all. Right. And then you see all the articles that came out this week, these pop up hospitals that they've made in New York and different countries and other places shut down after after serving like three patients because there's been nobody that's came to them. Oh, really? You see doctors and nurses all across the country making TikTok videos how is the healthcare system and they're pushing these videos out? Yeah. How is the healthcare system so overwhelmed and doctors and nurses have time inside of them to be making Instagram and TikTok funny videos and posting them literally like rolling around the hallways and there's nobody in there if you there's, pay attention yeah. to them. Where's and then the- you look at the hospitals now and it just came out two days ago in St. Louis, yeah. Mercy, yeah. which employs thousands and thousands of people. They just furloughed 2,000 employees. Yeah. 2,000. And this is hospitals left and right that are coming out with these articles showing that they're they're furloughing or letting a ton of their employees go. Like, I understand there's a lot of stuff that can't happen right now while all this is allegedly going on. But, yeah. like, it makes you think, if everything's so overwhelmed and there's so many people in the hospitals from COVID scenarios, why is it that it doesn't seem like that's the case? You yeah. know, like, why are these people being let go? It's why odd. is all this other... It just, it doesn't... It doesn't add up, you know, when you really look at it. I don't know the answer to it. I'm just saying it's something to question and think about. Um, yeah, I don't know. Today we were in the car for a little bit, and I feel like there's a lot of people out. Well, today yeah, is also today, Mother's Day. Today's Mother's Day. But yesterday yeah. we were out for a bit, too, as we were running a couple errands, and it seemed like there was a lot of people out. And yeah, about. So I, I feel like people happy. are becoming more comfortable. I know in April, only 83,000 people were flying on a daily basis, whereas normally it's 2 million people a day in America. And then as of like May seventh, it was like two hundred eleven thousand. So it's, so it's going. Back so it's up. creeping back up. Sure. Um, but I still was reading very creepy stories about how people say like you're at the airport and it's just like nobody's there. Oh, I Everything's shut down. You can't get food. Um, everyone has masks on. Some people have like giant plastic ponchos and masks and gloves and rubber things that are traveling like this. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like first of all, I feel bad that you have to travel. You know, like that must be. There's probably a reason these people are traveling, right? Yeah. And then second, if you're traveling and you see somebody dressed like that on your plane, isn't that creepy? Yeah, I like, know. It's like, should I be wearing that? <laughs> should I be covered <laughs> up too? Um, so I don't know. I just, I don't think that people are going to be fully comfortable in traveling this summer. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's going to be. Whether it's warranted or not. Uh, I'm not here to make that choice or decision. I don't have enough information, but I, I just, I, I don't even see myself on a plane anytime soon. Yeah, you're even going into a little a nasty airport. Yeah, I think it. I get in my I car they, and drive still, somewhere. There's still going to be a, a definite, especially when it comes to the travel. Stuff oh, and life. guess what? Um, I heard from a from a friend of a friend of a family's friend. <laughs> <laughs> Can't trace that shit. Yeah. Um, that. All the hotels around state lines are either closed or fully booked. And my question was, why are they booked? Like, what the hell does that mean? And they're like, because where the lockdown was so severe and started so long ago, people got in their cars and left and moved across state lines and then stayed in those hotels. And so that's why those hotels are booked. And I was just like, oh, my God. Imagine being in a hotel right now, just wondering if there's a COVID person next door to you, <laughs> yeah. like that's just odd to me, but mm-hmm. didn't realize the lockdown pissed that many people off that they wanted to go flying from their States. Oh, I, I think there was a big problem. With, I, don't, I remember reading articles in the early weeks of this happening where people were fleeing New York like crazy and all the surrounding States, there was police officers like searching for people that were from New York saying, you can't come in here. Like that's when they were implementing all. I knew they were leaving. Stuff. I just didn't realize that they were staying in hotels and hotels were taking them, you know? Yeah. Like, that's just odd altogether. Guys, I hope you found a lot of value from this episode. <laughs> Clearly, Brian and I are just, loopy this, this as is, hell. This is just some deep thoughts we've been thinking today. Deep thoughts of the Dexans. Well, I mean, we were, uh, 
it's, it's interesting now because now we're a lot further into everything that's going on, right? And yeah. you start to see the progression of everything from where it was to a point now where they're feeling comfortable. Like Brian has his up. hair. His hair's grown out. It's down to his shoulders. He has like the most rattiest beard. His <laughs> eyebrows are all over the place. Like you would think that this guy was in a cave for five days. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's cutting everything. <laughs> but um, no, it's interesting to see. I don't know. I don't even know how girls are doing it. Like I need... I need help, like <laughs> eyebrows and hair dye, and I need my hair to be cut. Like I'm just. Well, even when they open back up, they said those places are not getting open. I don't think I'm gonna look like myself till like July or August. It just is what it is. I'm sure. I'm sure there's other women out there who feel my pain. That's right. Just a lot going on. <laughs> but in other news, we are also very like looped out of it right now because we actually, due to my allergy, severe allergy situations. And found out that um, couldn't really keep our one dog and her hair. So we just actually came back from giving her to her new home. Um, And it's actually the same guy we got her from. Mm -hmm. And he still has her mom and her sister. And and they all look alike. It was so funny. Yeah, they look just like Um, each other. And all I did was try. I didn't think she was going to go. I didn't think we were going to give her away today. Um, I just texted him and... uh, just wanted to see like if he'd be interested or if he knew anybody and he was like oh my gosh like I'm so sorry like I'd love to and this and that and then I just happened very fast you know like I texted him at like 12 and we dropped her off at like five um so I I don't even think it's hit me yet really we still have Onyx the other one our first one um Onyx is healing I don't I couldn't even fathom giving onyx away while she's healing there's no there's no way i'm keeping onyx i don't care but noir was much bigger noir was um messier messier (laughs) and noir's hair also was uh thicker and like loosed more Mm -hmm. i didn't really start having these problems till up until two years ago Mm -hmm. and that's when we got her so with onyx things were a little bit manageable also with Onyx's healing right now, which is still, we've got a long road to go here. Yeah, Onyx got, so we got spinal surgery almost four weeks People, ago. We've got her four yeah. week appointment. And she's still, desk. yeah. And she, like, we had to keep the dogs apart this whole time. We have to feed them separately. It's been, it's been a task. Yeah. And Noir sure. wants to play with her all the time and barks at her. It's just like a very, it's been a, it's been a heavy few weeks. Yeah, for sure. Um, and... We just thought that, okay, between everything going on and then me and my allergy stuff, I was just like, this isn't this isn't fair to Noir either. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think that Onyx needs a lot of attention right now. Mm-hmm. And it's just Brian and I. It's not like we have, like, family members taking care after our dogs or anything, you know? And I don't know. It was funny because, like, as soon as she went with him, I felt like she remembered him somehow. But she got in the car and we were pulling out and the guy stayed in the car still like playing with her and like kissing her and she's jumping up on him and we're like pulling out and I'm like oh my god <laughs> um but that's just how noir is yeah, she'll be she's, she's gonna be happy anywhere i feel yeah. um but then he keeps um, we're, we're on the podcast but i keep i'm on my phone this whole hour while i'm recording with you guys because he keeps texting me pictures and she's with her biological mom and biological sister and they have a huge farm in hillsboro missouri and so like she's just bolting and he's sending me videos and it's just making me emotional but like happy at the same time and it's just like oh man yeah it's all good though you know sometimes you gotta you gotta do that especially when you're going through the challenge yeah obviously he has yeah he has he's a lot more space than we do too i feel and so um i just felt like she's in a better a better spot sure and she can her energy levels dude oh man off the wall but one of the cool things that we're super excited about that you know we've been working on really hard is we mentioned it last week but it's the lifestyle course Mm -hmm. we put together and you know nina and i when all this stuff started happening and we started getting shut down we started thinking like okay this is going to change a lot of things and i think most importantly what we recognized was this is going to change the psych like the health and the psychology of a lot of people about what's about to play out right and so what nina and i did was we sat down and we said we should put together all of these ancient ancient and modern practices that we've done in our lives for close to 20 years now and like map them out and find a way that we can develop something that we can give to other people to provide value to them, right? Um, everything from things around 
um, nourishment and the types of food protocols that we've done that help boost our immune system and, and make us super healthy and help us avoid sickness to specific fitness and mobility and flexibility routines that calm the body and the mind and help with oxygen and blood flow to things with mental health in the mind through our like different like, like let's map out our best meditation protocols that we've done and the best things we've done to optimize our sleep so we can have better meditations and better things with our bodies and so we sat around and we basically just started mapping this out in the evenings and we were like okay this makes a lot of sense let's put it together in a course format and so we created this amazing lifestyle course where you get this awesome video course and close to a hundred pages of content that lays out all of these practices that we've you know integrated into our lives and new things that we've even created over the course of the last 20 years that have been so valuable for us and when we were doing it we started thinking about okay we're so blessed that we've reached and accelerated like our personal development and our career paths at a very young age. Like we've we've been very grateful to see like very high heights and like travel around the world and be keynote speakers at 60 different global conferences and featured in 60 different publications like Forbes and Inc. and Entrepreneur. And we've been blessed with all these amazing things that have happened. And we sat back and we're like, those were like goals of ours at one time. And then we reached them and they were the outcomes of what happened. But how did we actually get there? Like what was the process we abided by in our daily lives to help us attain all these things? And it was basically these ancient and modern practices that we've put together that have helped us, you know, objectively and calmly work through these scenarios and just kind of go through the ups and downs of everything we had to do to get to where we are. Mm-hmm. And we're like, I bet there'd be people that would find a lot of value in this. I, I truly think what we've put together, if people get this course and they implement the dietary things, the body things, the mind things, it will change your life because mm-hmm. it has changed our life. And we've seen it firsthand. And it took us a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of energy to invest in all these different things to see what supplements worked, what supplements didn't work, mm-hmm. you know, what different protocols worked. And all this time that we put into it, we're like, we're going to package this all up and we're going to give it to people in this course. And if they really do it or even implement a fraction of it, I think they're going to see dramatic improvements in their health and mm-hmm. well-being and how they approach life and their confidence and ambition. And so we're super pumped because we completed it. And uh, over, we're putting the finishing touches on the infrastructure to get it out to people. And so over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be releasing it. But right now, if you go to buydixonlifestylecourse.com, you can sign up to get early access. And so we have different ways that you can sign up there. We also have some more information on it. And we also are giving anybody that signs up for early access, we're giving them a free copy of my book, Consciousness and Tech, that talks all about you know, the analysis of consciousness throughout history, technology, how they intertwine with each other, predictions around the future of it, and like a... Uh, different types of lifestyles that we think are going to be valuable for people. And we're going to give that to everybody for free that signs up for early access. And in addition to that, when we release our lifestyle course, you're going to get it before we release it to the public. So we're going to give you the opportunity to get access to that course and purchase it before we release it to everybody in the public. Mm -hmm. And so if you go to buydixonlifestylecourse.com, it's going to give you the sign-up form. Just plug in your email so we can shoot you some follow-up information on it and send you the link to the order form whenever we release it here in the next couple weeks. And you'll get to download your free copy of Consciousness and Tech. So we really encourage you to do that. We're super pumped about it because... This is something that I think of anything we've created, we feel like, wow, this is going to help a lot of people. This is really going to change a lot of people's lives if they take the step to do it. And, you know, it's a lot of information. Like the value of what you're getting in this course is something that people would probably pay thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars for in what we've spent over the years getting to this point, right? Mm -hmm. And, And putting, aggregating it and putting it together. And you know, it's, it's completely affordable. So that's what we're super A lot of work about. and a lot of passion, I feel, has been put into this course. Mm-hmm. I'm not just saying that because it's ours and because we created it. But and it, if you listen to the podcast or you read our book or whatnot, it's just we share everything in much more depth and then te- teach you how to go about it. You know, yeah. like you don't have to go digging for stuff. We have built in links into everything, you know, yeah. like, oh, we buy this thing every morning of the tea that I talk about or the matcha that I talk about. Everything is like kind of just all in one spot now mm-hmm. and very and with, convenient. With also super, I want 
to touch on something real quick. There's like super important stuff in there too that I think most people wouldn't even be aware of. Like I'll give you an example. Nina and I take certain what I'll call powerhouse mineral makeup supplements, right? There's a few, three that we mentioned in our course that have close to the maximum amount of essential minerals. The body's made up of 102 minerals. Essential minerals um, that you can have on a daily basis. Like one of our supplements has like 92 of the 102 minerals, right? And you have to get them in certain places. And there's certain things that are fake and there's certain ones that don't work right. And we've tested all this stuff. And we talk about that in the course, but like just basic things like when you're taking these supplements, you shouldn't take them with other things because they're that powerful and impactful on your body that you don't want to overload it. And so there's all these things we talk about that you're probably completely unaware of these supplements in the first place because it took us close to 20 years to find them and start implementing them. But once you start taking them, you'll notice a dramatic enhancement in your health and well-being. But you were saying something. I'm sorry. That's the point I wanted to touch on. I'm just saying like a lot of stuff has gone into it and it's been, it's like we have links built into everything. We oh, tried yeah. to like give you options of cheaper versions of things, but like quality things, you know, even skincare, like, hey, here's an affordable one. Here's the one that, you know, maybe we use like it, there's just it's all laid out in a very simple, concise, understandable manner. And it's in a video course. You have the notes that we use that we were like, you know, talking with. It's our voice on the back end, but you have the notes in case you want to go back and like write something down or you know you miss something you have the deck right there with you you have the guide with you so i feel like it's just an all-in-one i mean it's super helpful thing and i don't even think that it just applies to people who you know just during this pandemic situation when when we put this out that's how we were inspired to put it out that it'd be helpful but i think that this is something that i mean it was a pandemic didn't make us go on this path and and live life that way we're already doing this we're already doing this and so i think it's a really Good start to somebody who's saying, hey, I want to make some changes in my life. Mm -hmm. And it could be one change, two changes, or it could be all of them. That's your decision. You have to do what's best for you at the end of the day. We are just simply sharing what's worked for us. Um, Take whatever you want and then leave the rest. Um, And I hope that it does help people out there, um, whether in a big way or a small way. Yeah. So, you know, if that sounds interesting and something that aligns with you, we really encourage you to go to buydixonlifestylecourse.com. And you can sign up for it there. And I think that's probably where we should end it on. I think that's, that's it, guys. Uh, Hope you enjoyed our yeah, little banter today. Yeah, it's pretty fun. It's fun to talk about. I got to sure. go back to my life with one dog now. That's right. <laughs> and deal with these emotions. That's right. Well, thanks, everybody, so much. We hope you have a great week. And we look forward to connecting with you next time. Take care. Thanks, guys.